this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today for episode 72 of the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Welcome! I also want to thank you for all of the really nice comments you left me on the last episode. I really appreciated them. It was so nice to know that you are all still listening, even though I had previously taken a fairly long podcasting break. I'd like to start out today by first announcing the winner of last episode's drawing giveaway. Everyone who left a comment on my blog under the show notes for episode 71 was entered to win that adorable birdie yarn bowl from UncommonGoods.com. I randomly chose between all of the comments left, and I'm happy to announce that the winner is a commenter under the name of Audrey's Tea Shop. Congratulations. I will be in touch shortly to get all of your information and get your prize mailed on out to you. Thank you to everyone who entered to win, and if you didn't win this time, please don't feel bad. There's always a new giveaway to enter with each and every episode. So for today, I have some exciting news to share with you. I am planning a small East Coast book tour for Botanical Knits in early September. Now, I really cannot quite explain to you how excited I am, not only to travel to the East Coast, but also to get to meet some of you listening who live in that area. Most of you know that I am a California girl, and I've only ever done events in California. And in doing these, I have gotten to meet so many West Coast knitters over the years, at the Stitches West convention, and at yarn shops in California, but I am really anxious to meet some knitters from the eastern side of the country. So, in September, I'll be doing three book signings, and teaching a sweater finishing workshop at three different yarn shops. I'll be starting off at Argyle Yarn Shop in Brooklyn, New York on September 6th, traveling to Loop in Philadelphia the very next day, September 7th, and then ending my adventure in Washington, D.C. at Looped Yarnworks. Now, if you live in the area and would like to pop in and say hello, at one of these locations or are maybe interested in taking a class, I invite you to please contact these shops on my book tour and they will give you all of the information that you will need. I'll be sure to provide a link to their individual websites in this episode's show notes so they're easy to contact. I will also be providing more detailed information regarding exact times and so forth on my blog, as well as the next podcast episode. As a busy mom whose current definition of travel is driving to and from the grocery store, I can honestly say that I am so excited about this trip. I can't believe that I'm actually traveling that far. It's been a really long time, and I just cannot wait to meet you knitters on the East Coast. So I hope that you listening that live in that area will be sure to stop by. I'd love to say hi. Another fun thing I'd like to share is that if everything goes as planned, 
I'll be having an article published in an upcoming fall issue of a knitting magazine. Recently, I was contacted by a well-known publisher who asked me if I'd be interested in writing an article for their future issue. I think I responded with a yes in capital letters, and there might have been some explanation marks thrown in there as well. I don't know, but I just can't get over what an awesome opportunity it was, and how could I say no? So I'm super excited about that too. I don't know if I'm really supposed to say much about it right now before it's published, but of course I will tell you as soon as it comes out. I can't wait to see it in print. So since my last recording, I have been working diligently on my new book, Botanical Knits 2. I've designed and written up a pattern for a sweater this past month that I absolutely love. This sweater is unlike any pattern that I've seen before. The knitting is very interesting and it will keep you guessing. Honestly, it was absolutely horrendous to design and I know my technical editor will hate me once she's finally done grading this thing, but I think that the result will be worth the hassle. I love the way it turned out. It's really elegant. It's a top-down raglan that features an asymmetrical neckband with this little plant sprig wrapping around the shoulders and sleeve cuffs. Now, have I mentioned that I love this sweater? I love it so much, in fact, that I don't think I can wait until the book is ready to be released. I think this pattern will have to be available individually before that time. I'm thinking hopefully around the end of August, we'll see. I really look forward to sharing it with you. So currently on the needles is a design project that I have never attempted before. A project that has always intimidated me in the past and one that I never ever thought I would attempt to try to create a pattern for myself. But here I am currently designing and knitting a lace shawl. Yes, me, a lace shawl. I can't believe it. I have only knit just a few lace shawls in the past, so I probably have no business trying to design one. But hey, I'm always up for a challenge. Besides, there's something so appealing about lace. Am I right? Even though I've only knit just a few patterns like this in the past, I have fantasized about knitting hundreds. Over the years, I've gravitated towards so many shawl projects and have bought so much lace weight yarn, but I've never actually cast on for those projects. And I don't really know why. The two shawls I've completed, which were the swallowtail shawl pattern and the gale shawl pattern, left me feeling so wonderful and so accomplished as a knitter. All of you who have knit a lace shawl in the past know the feeling, I'm sure. When you take that lightweight crumpled mess and reveal the intricate pattern by washing and stretching it out and pinning it, it's amazing. The two times in the past I've finished a shawl, I remember feeling like, why would I ever knit anything else? I'm just going to knit lace shawls for the rest of my life. And that's it. But then, for some reason, I never do. And I never did. 
Gale was my last shawl project, and I finished that way back in 2009. So it has taken me all of four years to sit down with another shawl. But the good news is, it's not as hard as I thought. I guess I have just improved in my knitting skills and my understanding of how the stitches work since 2009, and it's so far so good. I'm really happy about it. I feel like if I complete this shawl, the way I see the design for it in my head, it will probably be my most favorite piece I have ever made. So let's hope it works out that way. I'll be sure to keep you updated. So since I've been working on new designs lately, I have been trying out lots of new yarns and have been getting tons of sample skeins in the mail from various companies. I know, so fun. It's one of the perks of working in this industry, I suppose. So I thought I would use the review portion of this episode to share some of these new yarns with you. Some of them I have sitting here all nice and neat in front of me in skeins and some of them I have already wound and swatched with. So first up is Quince & Company's new yarn, Owl. What can I say? I love this yarn. It's a DK weight heathered alpaca and wool blend, and it's both soft and rustic all at the same time. It's a loosely spun two-ply yarn, so it's incredibly lofty and stretchy, but also, it doesn't break easily when you tug on it, which is nice. Perhaps it's the alpaca content that lends extra strength. I have really enjoyed working with this yarn. I love the look of the fabric it produces. And actually, this is the yarn I chose for the new sweater design I was talking about. I would recommend this yarn for those of you looking for a rustic looking fabric for your project but also would like to have something that's soft and can be worn against the skin. I have also had the opportunity recently to try out Green Mountain Spinnery yarn. The owner sent me a few skeins to try out, and I chose to swatch with the Sylvan Spirit yarn. In fact, this skein is currently auditioning for a sweater design idea, but I haven't yet decided if it has made the cut. This yarn is a single ply DK weight and is made of 50% wool and 50% tencel, which is not a blend you see every day. This yarn is heathered and it's a bit tweedy too. It has little small flecks of contrasting color throughout, which is pretty. And the tencel gives it just a little bit of sheen and it adds softness. It's also very lightweight in the skein and also the fabric. Now I really like this yarn. My only complaint is that I wish that there were more colorways to choose from. I found the colorways to be a bit limiting and I didn't see a color that I really wanted to use in my design project. So unfortunately, that might be the thing that's keeping this auditioning skein from getting the part. We shall see. Next up is Sunshine Yarns Merino Sport. Recently, I had the pleasure of receiving a few skeins of this Sunshine Yarn in the mail from the company, and I 
think I might have gasped when I opened the package because the colorways were so beautiful. I've been swatching with the Merino Sport and it's a pure joy to knit with. I highly recommend it. This is a three-ply yarn made of superwash wool and it's incredibly smooth and bouncy to knit with. The colorways are saturated and gorgeous. This is definitely a yarn that I would like to design with in the future. I also have three skeins in front of me here that I haven't had the opportunity to try out yet, but I look forward to doing so in the future. I have a skein of Brooklyn Tweed's Loft, which is a thinner fingering weight version of the shelter yarn that I used for my Twigs and Willows cardigan in Botanical Knits. Now this yarn is beautiful, just like shelter, but I know that I will have to treat it delicately because I'm sure it will break even more easily than its thicker counterpart. So I will be knitting very carefully with this. I also have a few skeins of fingering weight yarn given to me from a small yarn company that I have never before heard of called Wool Tree Yarn. Now, I really like the story behind this yarn. It's very unique because each skein is naturally dyed over an open fire, and the colorways offered are based on the seasonal plants available for harvest. Aside from the interesting dye story, the yarn itself is super luxurious. It's merino, cashmere, and nylon, so it feels really nice. I'm definitely looking forward to trying this one out on the needles, especially since I know it comes in a thicker DK weight, which would make such a pretty sweater. Well, everyone, I've saved the best for last. The final yarn I have to share with you today is my personal favorite out of the bunch because it is so unusual. It is made from something that I have never seen yarn made from before. Ever. It's made from pearls. Yes, the Yarn Sisters Company sent me a couple skeins of their black pearl luxury yarn. Don't ask me how, but it's true. It's made from 50% pearl and 50% tensile. I, now I have every intention of getting this yarn onto my knitting needles immediately, but I can tell you just by holding these skeins in my hand that this is truly amazing stuff. It is so soft, so rich and luxuriant. And let's face it, who wouldn't want to wear a garment made of pearls? I mean, come on. Now I've heard through the grapevine that this has been a hot ticket item in our knitting community, with knitters clamoring to get their hands on some of this yarn. Understandable. Personally, I think it's gorgeous and just really special. I would want to purchase this yarn to make a really special gift for someone or for a special event, maybe? Wouldn't it be neat to be able to give somebody a shawl or something and tell them that it's made from pearls? I think that would be really cool. So because of all of this, I wanted to give all of you the opportunity to try out this yarn for yourself. I have two skeins here of lace weight black pearl luxury yarn in a beautiful classic creamy white shade to give away in this episode's drawing. 
The total yardage for these skeins is 926 yards. So there's plenty here for you to knit a gorgeous lace shawl for yourself, or even a lace weight sweater, such as Hannah Fedig's Featherweight Cardigan. Now that would be really pretty. So stay tuned because I'll be sharing all of the drawing giveaway information at the end of this episode. So you'll be sure to want to listen to that so you can enter. Now, if you're interested in learning more about any of these yarns that I've just mentioned, I'll be providing a link to the company websites in this episode's show notes. Today's knitting story was contributed by none other than knitwear designer Isolde Teague. It's no secret that I've been a fan of Isolde's designs for years, so it is such a treat to have her on the podcast again. This is her story entitled, Sweater Surgery. Snip, snip. Shiny blades shearing through wool with a satisfying slow crunch, like the shifting of dry snow under gentle footsteps. Illicit. I feel like I'm being watched. I remember the time when I was three years old, sitting on the kitchen floor, cutting random shapes out of colored paper, a circle of dolls watching me. My mother went to bed with a migraine, warned me not to cut my doll's hair, something that hadn't crossed my mind until that point. I was obedient, but she hadn't mentioned my own hair. Snip, snip. The yarn is sturdy, good old no-nonsense Scottish wool, exactly what people are thinking of when they say, I don't like wool. My granny knit me scratchy jumpers and I had to wear them. But when it's cold enough, I'll happily wear it next to my skin. A phenomenon I was delighted to find under the heading Prickle Factor in Clara Parks's book, The Knitter's Book of Wool. There's some very interesting science, but I was so overwhelmed by the knowledge that it wasn't entirely my imagination that I don't remember what the explanation is at all. Scratchy yarns don't itch so much when it's cold. Let's just call it magic. I wonder if other yarns would make such a satisfying sound, offer such great resistance to the blades. Would some of them squeak? Squish? Would the crunch be sharper? The temptation to dig through my boxes of samples is high. Cut out a v-neck here, maybe add a pocket? What about a button placket? I don't know if every sweater needs two sleeves. Three would be wonderful if only I could grow the extra arm. Perhaps four. Old swatches, being something which can't really be ruined, are not nearly as appealing. In this case, I'm cutting a chunk out of the sleeves. The cuffs are flared, so I can't just cut them off and finish the edge. They're knit bottom up, and elaborately patterned with seed stitch and cables. If I tried to re-knit them downward, they'd be offset by half a stitch, a font-line scar on the landscape. Cutting out a whole pattern repeat after the cuffs means I can graft the cuff back in place. No scars. The extra length was never there. This attack on my sweater is perfectly reasoned, even if it seems like madness. Plus, a little part of me, perhaps a big part, wants to show off my grafting skills. As I line up the ribs of the cables, broken and crooked, should it be knitwise off? At the front, or pearlwise and then to the back, I start to think I could knit everything like this, stitching elaborate patterns with a darning needle, 
I could definitely do that for any pattern, but I'd need a needle to hold the loops for the row I was stitching into, and then one to put the new stitches onto. The big downside of the darning needle would be all of the ends, not to mention juggling three tools. I need that extra arm. Maybe some sort of frame, a loom? Oh, perhaps I could ditch the darning needle and use one of the needles to hook the loop through. That way I wouldn't have to weave the yarn in and out. It could be a continuous thread. Excellent. I just invented knitting, something I've been doing for quite some time, getting away with pretending that I'm good at it. I don't feel so competent right now. The whole reason for the complicated surgery is that I failed to do something much more basic. I designed this sweater with its shaping incorporated into the cables, its seamless construction. I've already knit it. That sweater fit the magazine's model perfectly. I figured out how to make the stitch pattern work for different sizes. It's been published in Twist Collective. Other people have knit it. The yarn I used was a squishy single. A soft wool silk blend. What sound would it make against my blades? I'm not sure, but I know the tone would be very different. Different, right. So why, when that seems so obvious, did I pick out this sturdy wool? Check the pattern for the needle size I used for the other one, and cast on. Clearly the different yarns resulted in different row gauges. But never mind. I am redeeming myself with my awesome's fix. No more monkey sleeves. I rock. Grafting complete, I shrug into my cozy new sweater. Jump up to look in the mirror. Monkey sleeves, gone. But without the distraction of being unable to see my hands, something else is suddenly revealed. The whole sweater is sitting stiffly away from my body, like a cruel joke, curving more dramatically than I ever will. The whole thing is six inches too big, but the sleeves are just right. I haven't skipped a swatch since. Thank you again, Isolde, for sharing your story on the podcast. If you listening would like to learn more about the design work of Isolde Teague, I invite you to check out my interview with her in episode 53. Also, you can visit her website at isolde.com. That's Y-S-O-L-D-A dot com. As a big Isolde fan myself, I am excited to tell you that she has just come out with a new, beautiful Icelandic-inspired sweater pattern called Stroker, I believe. It's S-T-R-O-K-K-U-R. Isolde has kindly offered a copy of this new pattern, along with one of my favorite shawl patterns of hers, the Orchid Thief Shawlette, for this episode's giveaway. That means that the winner of the giveaway will have a beautiful shawl pattern to knit in the gorgeous laceweight black pearl yarn, if they so desire. All you have to do to enter is to leave a comment under the show notes for episode 72 on my blog at nevernotknitting.com by August 15th. I will randomly choose a winner between the comments left and will announce that winner on episode 73. Remember, please include your contact information for me in your comment, and only one comment per person, please. 
Additionally, Isolde has kindly offered a 25% discount on both her new stroker sweater pattern, as well as the Orchid Thief Chalette, just for the Never Not Knitting listeners. This offer is good through the end of July, and all you have to do is enter the code NNK in the checkout process on our website or on Ravelry, and then you will receive your discount. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Well, everyone, that pretty much wraps up episode 72 for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for the following episode at the end of August. That'll be episode 73. Happy knitting! She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a clicking. From morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching. And the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters. And more socks than they could ever wear. Yard in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching. And the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching, and well, she's losing all she had.